You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. We know how they're sister wives. Would there be such a thing as a brother husband scenario here you could work out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think Isn't that, that like the, the secretly gay thing, though? <laughs> yeah, no, no, listen, we, we, we watch a lot of Grace and Frankie. <laughs> no, I should be right. here. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the geek's watch for the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are all recovering from WandaVision right now, so we decided not to do a new show yet. We're saving ourselves for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, apparently. Uh, so this week, we're going to go through just a week's watch. That's right. Just a week. Just a week's watch, but knowing us, we're gonna go quite a long hour. time. Yeah, that's right. It's still gonna be a long time. Yeah, yeah. If, actually, if anyone, for any reason, if this happens to be your first episode of yes. what we're doing here, um, a, the week's watch is just where we go over what we watched that week. So basically, it's Geek Elite's like what you should be watching, yeah, or like maybe that. not. Like, or maybe not. Occasionally, yes. we're yeah. like, "Hey, don't don't touch this ten this, <laughs> this is the staff it, section of of the, of the podcast network. <laughs> so, with that being said, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? Okay, so as anybody who's listened to this show knows, I am useless at watching things unless directed <laughs> to watch something <laughs> and then forced to watch it. And since Mitch did not opt to trade with me this week, the only thing I managed to watch was the president's address last night. Um, on the- I was Thursday one. Or thir- uh, last night was Thursday. Oh, that's right. Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, marking the one-year anniversary of the coronavirus being uh, raised to pandemic level, and which is the unofficial start of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, <laughs> it was on all of your news networks. It can still be found if you go on C-SPAN. They have a recording of it. You can watch it in full. I highly recommend it's it was interesting. It wasn't what entirely what I had anticipated, um, but I still thought it was very well done. I had anticipated a bigger play-up of the passing of the relief bill, which he had just signed on Thursday as well. But then again, they are doing an entire tour of talking up the relief bill. The American Recovery Act next week. So I guess they must be saving all of the material for that. But 
it, it would also like depending on the people who are out there listening to it, it could be seen as like taking a lap. Like, like you're just like, yeah, after you win the race. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, that's what's been encouraged that he do, because you mm-hmm. do have to explain what exactly is in it to people who don't revolve their lives around politics yeah, or around the news. You know, it's that's something that a lot of people don't do. Mm-hmm. They may watch the morning news show or the evening usually just one or the other and only halfway so it's kind of important to really get in there and get the nitty-gritty out of it but he it was kind of a it was not quite the roller coaster ride that we had been experiencing with presidential uh addresses but it definitely (laughs) had tone shifts in it starting out with relatively somber recognition of the moment and what we've been through and then the hopeful you know the main comment was the fact that if we all do what we're supposed to we'll be independent of the virus on independence day look at that messaging (laughs) it's so funny though too because the, the president last year also said Oh, Fourth of July, we should be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. It, it, the pandemic will be over, and we will be. Ba- well, he said the same thing at Easter too, though. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's people like being able to plan according to holidays. No, no, I understand. Big summer yeah. one. So, but it was, and then after the very optimistic tone turned to a much more cautionary tone of we still need to follow CDC guidelines and we all need to come together to succeed. So it was, I thought it had a lot of good information, although not new information. And I thought it was we very got well the, Was that not when we got the thing for being first? So May 1st had actually been floated previously. Um, It's Mm -hmm. been floated for the last week and a half or so. This was the first announcement of the directive, although earlier in the day he did, the the release kind of came out. So, but it was the first big announcement of the... Because the thing is, is he can't... Yeah, you, no, yeah, it, it's Order it's not it. a one man thing. Yeah. yeah, I know. He he can direct, he can encourage, but he can't force mm-hmm. the states to to accomplish that. Um, but as we saw with his directive and request in terms of getting additional vaccines to begin with, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And even Republican governors were like, even Republican governors responded stating that, you know, the president has given us a directive. And so mm-hmm. we're doing everything we can to accomplish that. Yeah. I hear, like, I certainly have hopes for this one. I It would be nice yeah. to get to be able to go see, what is it, The, the Green Knight, I think is the name of the movie. <laughs> yep. I really want to be able to go see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm not a person who's been like, yeah, I want to go to the theaters, but I want to see that movie. And if I'm gonna pay like twenty two dollars for it anyway, I might as well get to go to the theater. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. <clears throat> no. So that was that was hopeful news. Um, but yeah, it was overall interesting. So go on to C-SPAN if you haven't gotten a chance to watch it. It, it It's a good one to watch in full if you're a person who just wants TLDRs. I always recommend Aaron Rupar's Twitter for political stuff. Hmm. And I typically end up recommending the NPR politics podcast if you're doing politics yeah. or just the NPR one mm-hmm. app tends to have a mm-hmm. lot of really great information. Yep. This is true. Okay. Well, there you go. The presidential address uh, on the pandemic. Steven, what did you watch this week? So for this one, uh, I was actually supposed to trade John what he watched for what I was going to watch. Um, I got really used to having to watch the thing that we were going to podcast about on Friday night. Uh, we are recording on Friday night. <laughs> so this, the, the scheduling of stuff kind of got weird. However, this week I had just ferociously taken down like three books <laughs> <laughs> while working as audiobooks. So uh, the thing that I'm going to talk about today is actually a book that I got to listen to. Um, it's by Hank Green, and it's Ooh. an absolutely remarkable thing, I believe is the title. The two books in this series are named so close, so it's I always want to make sure. But yeah, it is an absolutely uh, remarkable thing. Hank Green being the brother of John Green, who people have definitely seen write other books. Yes. Um, the uh, biggest known is The Fall in Our Stars was probably... John Green's biggest hit. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are right. An absolutely remarkable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the main pitch for the thing that I would say is like it's a, a better Ready Player One that isn't reliant on pop culture um, actually has a reason for existing in story. Like it's not like it's just there to write a story and have like mm-hmm. some Gundams fight like a giant Teletubby. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, that's not what they're doing here for this one. Um, there's still pop culture references because it is still one of the greens writing it. Like there are two people who on the internet go by the vlog brothers. So yeah. like you still have some pop culture references, but the, the main story for it is that <clears throat> there's, there's this night where an art student, uh, well, like a recently graduated art student who's going through life, figuring life out, comes across this giant statue in New York city uh, Mm -hmm. and ends up calling a friend. They have this nice little realization where they were just going to walk right past the statue because it's New York. There's like giant statues everywhere. You just kind of become used to it. Yeah. So they're just going to walk right by it and they stop and they're like, I'm, I'm an art student and I'm being a butthole right now. Just walking by something that someone took so long to make and then put out somewhere. I'm just going right by it, which I have very much felt at different times. Like I, useful and helpful and appreciative um so that she stops and then she ends up deciding to call a friend of hers who's not another art student who does different things with cameras and video and whatnot for youtube um so that person comes by they record a little like snarky video of her kind of like interviewing the thing but obviously it's a statue it doesn't talk or anything like that um, but then that kind of sets in motion a whole bunch of events because there are 64 of these all over the world and they just showed up suddenly. There's nothing on the cameras showing where these came from. Uh, and then a mystery unfolds. But it was really good. There's a cautionary tale in there about being a person who's um, of now, 
I guess would be the best way I would say it without spoiling anything. Um, and then hmm. what being a person on the internet can become like. Um, it's it's a really interesting one. I liked it a lot. The writing is good. Um, in no way, shape, or form is it, are any of the characters too thin. I would say the closest to a thin character is a person who's an assistant. And mm-hmm. if you've ever been around a person who's a professional assistant, like the best thing they could do in their profession is be one note and just very helpful for the person <laughs> they're helping. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's a really good book. I highly recommend it. Um, you can get it on uh, Audible. Uh, on Audible, it was cool because there's the main person who reads the book throughout. Uh, and then there's a part where Hank Green actually reads as one of the characters from the book. And that was nice being a person who watches him on SciShow and things like that on YouTube. Uh, it was just nice to, hear, nice to hear his voice, you know? Very cool. Now, mm-hmm. is that you said that was three books? Is that all three books? No, no, I, I read other books, but at least one of those I wouldn't recommend at all. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it, like it was, it was rough. I, f- I finished another book um, that was actually one that I had mentioned to you at one point, Mitch. It was good, but it was like I just had a credit on Amazon or on Audible. So I ended up getting it. Um, that one, I forget what the name of it was, but that was the one that was narrated by or read by Nathan Fillion. Mm. Um, I'm trying to find it in here, but yeah, it was, it was read by Nathan Fillion and it was just kind of like, okay, at the end of the book, I don't know, some of the concepts become kind of like ho-hum. Uh, and then the other one was a book called Recursion and it started off really interesting at the end of it. I was pretty done during the last recording of Love of Pages. That was the book where I had just been mentioning like, this book was just depressing throughout. Uh, I just kept being depressed. And then this book that I just read for love of pages, also depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it, it also had an ending. That's an open end. Like so many books and stories that have existed out there before, but unlike when I was a little kid and read the giver or any other time where the end was kind of left to you to decide, I didn't enjoy theorizing. No. Yeah. So I had mentioned this book to Elizabeth before, before you guys had started Love of Pages, that it'd be a book that she might be interested in reading. Uh, huh. But now I'm going to suggest it to the Love of Pages because I was listening to another podcast today that brought it up oh, in no. connection to WandaVision. It, the book is called S. and uh, Just like the, the letter or like ESS? Nope, just the letter. Um, okay. And it's kind of a meta book in the way that there is a whole story written in the book, and the story, the book mm-hmm. is called, or it's it's a book about the ship of Theseus, and mm. in the margins of the book is a, another story that is happening between two people that have been checking the book out and having a conversation with each other, and I like the, that. The inside cover of the book that. has a library card that that shows like when they when these two two characters have been checking the books out. Hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, like what was it? Yeah. Um, I think in I think was it the Artemis Fowl books? They had a whole separate thing written in the margins that was in like some Elvish or something like that. Yeah, it could be another book. I think uh, so. Because yeah, they, they did that kind of thing throughout those books, and that was an interesting one. But there was nothing of any real consequence in the margins. I like the idea that there's actually something substantial there. Yeah, yeah, and like as I was listening to this podcast talk about it, I was. Wondering how they would ad- adapt such a thing 
to the like it, into a movie or a, a series or something like that because everything gets adapted mm-hmm. nowadays. But like, it's true. Do you take just the story that mm-hmm. is in the margins, mm-hmm. or do you take just the story about the ship of Theseus, or do you combine the two somehow? I just uh, honestly, one of the times when I've seen an added element actually adapted into a movie in the best way that I thought it could have been done was in of all movies, uh, Ender's game, the really bad one. (laughs) Um, the rest of the book is a terrible adaptation of things, but they basically, they made the exchange of emails that usually happened at the beginning of the chapters in Ender's game happen as commentary between two characters watching the events of the movie kind of happening and uh, Harrison Ford and her would have these conversations back and forth kind of like how the Z fighters in Dragon Ball Z just stand on the side and go like oh man and (laughs) interpret the action that's happening too fast for the human eye to see for the viewer they basically did that with those email exchanges so they they could do something I'm sure yeah I'm sure it could happen so yes if if I can make a suggestion to the Love of Pages group, that would be my suggestion. I've never read it, but I will get the cliff notes from you. <laughs> uh, is, that, is that all your, your week's watch there, Stephen? Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm excited to get to the part where John was beat down by the one that I gave him, and I'll have to report back in later about actually watching The Goonies finally. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to talk about The Goonies because that was going to be... Far more entertaining I, for me. <laughs> I, I like it so far. It's good. I definitely. I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll save the other I, I, my other commentary for this one. Have you watched? Did you watch Super Eight by any chance? It's not as fun. Yes, I've watched yes, Super Eight. And I love I've Super, Super Eight. Eight. Yeah, it was very much trying to be Goonies. Yep. Yes, <laughs> I mean JJ Abrams even said that when he was talking about it at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. He's like, "This is me attempting to make a Steven Spielberg movie." Like, yeah. Like so, yeah. If, if you haven't, if you haven't watched that one, Elizabeth. It's right there. <laughs> Maybe in exchange for something else from somebody. I mean, that would that would be the thing that you would have to watch. So you'd yeah. have to give them something. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I'll worry about that later. Guess what? You all get to watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You have to read the city code or something. Watch C-SPAN for a day. You have to to go attend your local city council meeting. Oh, jeez. I can't make it in time. (laughs) Well, it's all virtual now. You you don't have to be there in person. That's true. Uh, Okay. Well, Stephen, she's going to be thinking about that one to give you yeah. to, to to exchange for Super Super Eight. Uh, okay. If anybody has suggestions, definitely send them in. Jessica, what did you watch this week? I watched because I'm a Disney person. I did manage to watch Raya and the Last Dragon. Awesome! It was most excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've it only heard good things good. All, all week from people. So I have only heard good things, which is weird for a Disney movie because generally there's always people that are like, no, nah, that sucked. Now, granted, right now it's only, I think it's in theaters. I ended up, I did the premium access on Disney Plus to watch it. Um, 
actually I made my dad do the premium access for Disney Plus to watch it and he's, forced him to like, watch it. <laughs> Papa, bring me Disney. <laughs> um but um but even he actually enjoyed it because it's very much not your typical whereas Moana was not your typical Disney princess movie, this was like even more so <laughs> not your typical Disney princess movie. Um but yeah, so thirty dollars premium access on Disney Plus. So, so maybe once it becomes free, maybe we'll get more bad reviews of it. Mm-hmm. But actually, I'm surprised that people that did buy it are not. The only bad review I have noted was, um, Raya and the Last Dragon is based off of Southeast Asian lore, and they only have one Southeast Asian actress all the actresses are i think east asian i think they're all east asian they're at least all asian but there's only one from that specific area Mm. like vietnam and and stuff but um it was excellent it it very much was of southeast asian lore i feel like it got the general feel of it not that i know too much about it but from what i learned in my mythology class it very much was it how they did dragons was utterly excellent because i i love like, I love this. I don't know if this will sound weird or not, but I like Asian dragons over like European dragons. <laughs> like, if you know, you know. <laughs> no, me, me freaking too. Yeah. I, I, I just the fat belly lizard things. Yeah, fat belly lizard things, but like evil monsters, like or hoarders. That's very European. Mm-hmm. Whereas Asian is, um, they're very kind creatures. I mean, they can, you know, cause storms and stuff, but they're all elemental, basically they're all like protectors of the earth and the weather and nature and stuff like that. And I love that. Um, and yeah, the, the voice acting was excellent. It, it is a princess movie. They are, Raya is called a princess in it. And then not only that, but you get another princess in it too. And both of them are awesome, badass warrior princesses. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's not too much of a spoiler, but it's just, <laughs> It's amazing. And it's just, it was so, like, I can't find anything that I was like, eh, that could have been better. No, like, it was just that good. It's just, and the story, the actual moral of it was very good. I really wish more of you have watched it so I can <laughs> delve a little more into it. But, um, and well, I can't wait till you guys eventually get to watch it. So we could delve more into it, but I mean, can you give us the premise of the movie? Oh, well, okay. Um, Tell tell us why why is Raya? uh, (laughs) Why is Raya? So Raya is the princess, the daughter of the chief in a uh, mythical land that's sort of shaped in the shape of a dragon, and for a time, and her world has fallen apart. It's in desolation. And there's no more dragons anymore because there is this evil creature, and I can't quite remember what it was called—a gal or a grood or something. It's, it just a, looked a, like a, an a evil grew purple. Thing. Yeah, a yeah. Thing. A grew is so maybe it is grew, but um, and they turn people to stone, and the last dragon basically cast a spell using this magical stone with all the dragon power in it, and banished all the grues away but then none of the dragons came back and that last dragon like fell into the river and disappeared forever Boy. and yes and her 
um, her tribe, I guess, is the heart of the dragon. Like, the land literally looks like a dragon. But um, th- there's the heart, and they're the ones that are the protectors of that stone, that magic stone. Mm. And eventually what happens, um, her father is really in for finding trust between the different tribes. There's five different tribes on top of theirs, and he's all for finding trust. So they invite them over, and... R- Raya, she's young. She just became the guardian of the stone, basically just passed the last test. And she thinks her dad's a little cray, kind of, sort of, thinking you can trust people. But she, she's willing to try. And she does. But, of course, people be people. The stone ends up being destroyed and the evil grew things end up coming back. And her father... I don't think it's that much of a... Spoiler to say her father is one of the people that get petrified at first. He turns mm. to stone. Um, which, when that happened, my dad was like, oh, Disney parents, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> like, okay. And so Raya finds herself six years later on a journey to find the last dragon and to put the stone back together to get rid of the Gru again. Groot. Grout. I can't remember what they were called. They were I, evil I, purple I want, cloud things. I, I want to look it up so bad. Because <laughs> like they're not getting attacked by the stuff that's between your tiles. <laughs> the Grout? No, they're not, they're not Grout. <laughs> yes. Is, is, it, um, is it a bunch of tree people? Are they up. getting attacked by Groot? <laughs> no, it's not. It's literally like it just looks like an evil mass of evil. Like, just that's <laughs> legit what it looks like. I mean, Groot was originally a bad guy in the comic books. He was a... a, a yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I remember he yeah. was fighting, like, the Fantastic Four or something, like, all of them at once. Yep. Interesting. It was it was the Droon, by the way. Droon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was <laughs> way <bad>. off. <laughs> <laughs> way off. I'm sorry. It's a pro- it's currently Friday night after a very long week at work. I'm very sorry. I apologize. Droon. Who, who does Alan Tudor voice in here? I mean, it's a Disney chicken. movie. He does have to voice somebody. Even yeah, if it's a chicken. He's contractually, he's contractually obligated at this point. I mean, there were monkeys in it. <laughs> he, apparently, he apparently voices someone named Tuk Tuk. Tuk Tuk. Which... Just makes oh, me think of Avatar. Tuk is her little, so she she has a pet armadillo. It looks like <laughs> like he's giant. <laughs> yes. I mean, they haven't she done armadillos yet. That was cool. Okay, there are trailers with Tuk Tuk in it, so this is a spoiler. But yeah, she has a pet armadillo called Tuk Tuk, and she has a saddle on him and rides him, and it's cool and. Like Does, even that- as he's rolling, yeah, he rolls and the saddle's there, which is really easy because everybody on the internet is like, "How does the saddle work?" And I was like, "Obviously, the saddle BBA. has wheels under it." Like, come yeah, on, but it's BB8 rules. Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> BB8. Yeah. Does, Does it get bigger? Does it get bigger or is it like it a large? Arm- so it's it's He-Man. No, rules. He, he no, he just grew up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he starts out when she's a kid because it starts uh, out fr- when she's a kid. And he's like just a little tiny normal armadillo, just adorable thing. And then six years later, he she's like rolling in the desert like a lone ranger on top so of an armadillo. It's, it's more like goldfish rules. As long as you just keep feeding it and give it bigger <laughs> space, they get bigger. And give it space, yeah. I, guess. I was thinking it was like when they needed him, they were like tuck tuck in big <laughs> and he was just like. <laughs> And you get big and then right off on him. <laughs> so, That'd be crazy. So does does Tuck Tuck speak or is he just making noises like he did as hey hey? He just makes noises. 
<laughs> just cute. They are noise. using Alan Tudyk just to make noises for these animals because he's we good don't at it. Point. Okay, hey, we hey, we're one of the best paint. voice chickens ever. <laughs> 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 Uh, so he is literally he's he did he did this he did he's doing Alien uh, Resident Alien and he has a animated series on Sci Fi too it's all the same time like that's impressive. Is is he one of those the voice actors that's in that terrible new rotoscoped movie? Um, the one that it's all violent. I forget the name of it right now. They just put out the trailer like today. It's going to be at the upcoming South by Southwest Film Festival. I don't know. I forget the name of it. Why Why would you think that he would be in it? Because everyone's in it for some reason, but that movie looks terrible. I appreciate the effort people put in, but that movie looks like trash. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I, didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see this trailer you speak of. Uh, Jessica, did you have more that you watched this week? I did, but I technically listened to. I have finished the second season of The Bright Sessions. <laughs> and I nearly <laughs> wanted to murder Stephen. Like, it was bad. It went from like zero to 500. Like season one was definitely chill. Season two was like, oh my God. Like I literally almost pulled over to the side of the road driving home because I was like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> like I'm, gonna, I'm distracted driving just listening to this story. It's so good. So I think we kind of mentioned it before, but the Bright Sessions is basically it follows a psychiatrist that's a psychiatrist for... Uh, I wanted to say abnormal people, and that's not what she calls them. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I struggle Ab with the same something. Thing. Ab like, un, 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 with people with unusual abilities. Yeah, people with unusual abilities. Like, so, like one of the people she has is an empath, in which he can legit feel other people's feelings, and one of them is he a time traveler. Like internally for him. Yes, it's yes. He, it's not like oh, I'm an empath. It's more like no, I'm I. I really am. <laughs> Like I can feel your feelings and it's making me feel this way. Mm -hmm. um, what like kind of sort of surprise, that didn't quite surprise me, but I was like the character development is insanely good in it. The plot twists is really good. I think all the characters, all the voice work is excellent. All the sound work is really excellent. One of my favorite things from the first season and continues on is the use of a clock <laughs> just ticking <laughs> in the background mm -hmm. yes um also the thing that showed up on the second season too was that you know dr bright she records everything and there's always the characters like oh you're even recording like this conversation we're having coffee together and i'm like yes she's recording it so i can hear it like <laughs> come on <laughs> that's why <laughs> but um yeah it's it sort of turns into a like oh i'm like a anti-government like what would the government do if these people actually existed and just all that fun stuff so kind of like x many but not not quite as severe superpowers i i would say but it's it's just it's it's great i'm kind of sort of sad about what happened to a few of the characters though i'm, I'm very upset in damien Steven, I gotta say, I'm very <laughs> upset because I legit thought that he was just misunderstood, but no. <laughs> he's just... Damien's a butthole. Even later, yes. he's like, a butthole. Hey, uh... <laughs> the other things behind that can change, but he's still a butthole. I know. I'm sad. <clears throat> his name's Damien, though. That's like my one complaint is that his name <laughs> is Damien. <laughs> I'm sorry, that feels like an inside joke, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, there's it's really good. I highly suggest it. I mm-hmm. actually kind of sort of started season three while I was waiting. I think I've paused the first episode of season three while I came on to record this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any, anyone who's a fan of podcasts or anything like that, while your first main priority should be going like rating, liking, sharing, subscribing, geekly media stuff. The second thing yeah. I'd recommend you doing this week if you need podcasts is definitely check out the Bright Sessions if you oh, like yeah. X-Men or enjoy any version of what that could be like in real life. Also, if you know anybody that likes podcasts, just like go onto their phone and just add us to that to their podcast list. Don't even tell them about yep. it. Yeah, just don't yeah. tell them. Just just and add it. If, if you see them not coming to take their phone, download another audio service that they don't have. Subscribe to us on there also. <laughs> and if, if you have the time, if everybody was still allowed to go into like cell phone stores, you should do that at all those cell phone stores. Too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, did you have one more? Jessica? Did I? I, I don't know. I'm still, know I'm still loving the utter soap opera of X-Men. It's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you can't have too many more episodes worse. left of that, of that show. I know there wasn't a lot. There were five seasons. Was, I yeah, think I just them. started season three. Oh, okay. I, I think season two went on forever because season two was the Dark Venus. Also would like to note that season one was Apocalypse <laughs> and I couldn't quite remember if that had finished. No, apparently not. He came back at the beginning of season three to continue that. <laughs> so, like, okay. And the other thing, oh, and also Days of Future Past is not finished either from season one because that's the current episode I'm on in which apparently there is a universe in which Logan and Storm got married and I'm supposed to not want that to happen now. Because <laughs> that's Age of Apocalypse. Because that's not the normal right that's not the normal future and i was like no this should be the normal future i need storm and logan i'm done with logan the child would come out with lightning claws i mean that'd be kind of cool they wouldn't have done it it was the 90s Oh gosh! Okay, I think that's it. Well, there you go. Uh, the bright <laughs> sessions and Raya and the last track. Is it Raya or Raya? Just Raya, I, yeah. I think. There I don't know. Go. People will correct me in the comments. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it... <laughs> <laughs> John, what did you watch this week? All right, so. This was a rough one, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Way to go, Steven. Way to go. <laughs> I warned him. I, we went into it knowing it's going to be a rough one. No, no, but I needed this. This, this is good, actually. This is kind of like film therapy. Um, so, I like movies that... Uh, like. I don't even know how to talk about this movie, honestly. Um, so, I'm going through some changes in life right now. Where I'm gonna make some big, uh, big changes, um, and it's time for those changes to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, there's always just like a little dangling, like you know, you don't get all of the tumor out. There's still like a little bit left, so you still need to get that little bit of chemo to kill it off, just to make sure. And it's not gonna make you feel good, but it's gonna be good for you in the end. This so, metaphor this, is dark. This is <laughs> <a bit laughs> John, I am here for this. This is a perfect descriptor. <laughs> 
my yeah, god. So this, this is like helping to purge out like some definitely some unresolved maybe like just slightly lingering little things that kind of you know it, it, it brings forward to me. Now this doesn't apply to everybody, obviously. But this movie was pretty amazing, pretty intense. And I think it finally drilled across that like while everybody seemingly wants to be in a relationship broken people really shouldn't be in a relationship um like these well especially if you don't understand how your brokenness affects other people and you do nothing to improve it mm-hmm. um, and that's basically mm. what this was this this is a movie similar to like i want to compare it to wedding story was or not wedding story marriage, marriage story. story marriage story marriage story uh, similar in like the dissolution of the marriage, um, and I would also say it's it's also very comparable to Five Hundred Days of Summer, without the lightheartedness. Mm. Um, There's no breakout in, in a musical with a cartoon birds <laughs> in the middle of the movie. No, there is there is a breakout in a psychotic drunken rage in this movie. Okay. Um, so there's a musical number though there is ryan gosling sings there's a ukulele and they dance really cute Wait, ryan gosling actually, in this movie? are you talking yep. about la la land <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yes uh so that brings us to who is in this it's ryan gosling actually, and wait, r- real quick the movie is blue valentine yeah i was gonna say you haven't actually said the title <laughs> of the movie <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nobody's gonna want to watch this, guys. Like this movie's, this movie's like, it's tough. It, it's a hard watch. Um, but yes, Blue Valentine um, slightly reminded me of Blue Velvet, a David Lynch movie. So that connection alone just made me want to watch it because I like Blue David Lynch. Um, <clears throat> so yes, this movie is told in non-linear fashion, where you're essentially being presented with like the ending of this marriage. At the same time as it's also showing you how this relationship started, like simultaneously. Wait, is this the one with um, Michelle Williams or Kirsten Dunst? Well, Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams. Okay. Yes, who's adorable in this movie as somebody who also has had a kind of a shit life, but she's actually struggling to improve herself. Whereas her partner um, starts off relatively okay, but just never progresses, just kind of stays stuck. And that's the key of the of the dissolution of the relationship is that she outgrew him essentially, and he just kind of imploded in on himself. And I really love how they shot the film. the 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 sequences that take place in the past are shot on like sixteen millimeter, so it's super grainy, and they do a lot of real close ups of all of the people. Whereas in like the present time, it's shot on like digital video, I think, or some kind of higher res thing. And it's done with a bit more of length on the shot, so you could see more full body. It's really weird. It's an interesting style choice. But it helps you to differentiate uh, the time periods. But not only that, Ryan Gosling, I don't know what they did to him to make him look... No. Well, okay. They took a large Um, portion of his hair. Oh, wait, what? (gasps) A male pattern baldness in like the the present time. And it looks creepy. It looks creepy. Like... (laughs) It, it it looks like you're watching like the future of somebody like it it looks really like realistically thin mm-hmm. up up top what um, the fuck? <laughs> looking at it right that? now why would yeah why would you ruin perfection right um 
So it's interesting the way it plays out because, like I said, it starts off, and I already knew this movie was going to be a gut punch because um, it begins with a little girl who is their child, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna tug at all the right buttons for for me." Um, and yeah, so you get introduced to this family and the the wife played by Michelle Williams. Her name is Cynthia. She is a nurse, I want to say, or at the very That's least works as some kind of phys- physical assistant, maybe physician's assistant, maybe. Um, and the husband, Ryan uh, Gosling plays, I forget his name already, but he's like a house painter or does some kind of menial uh, labor. You know, he's like <laughs> never like every time you see him, he's always doing just some kind of manual labor. Like when you first meet him, he's like a mover. Um, and when you first get introduced to him, he looks like Ryan Gosling. Like he's got the perfect head of hair, like just charming, good looks. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting thing I noticed about this is that, you know how like people don't really change just how you look at them changes. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. always affable and charming. But like when you start to like not like his character, all of those traits become aggravating. <laughs> and like it's it's interesting how you know when he first meets Michelle Williams, he's a little pushy. He's not rude, but he's definitely like, "Hey, what's up? I want to meet you. You know, give me your number. What's up?" And she was like, "Yeah, no, like I have a boyfriend or whatever." But you know, she eventually relents. You know, he's persistent enough that he he does a little bit of stalking. I'm not gonna lie, he definitely ups the creep factor a little bit. But you know, he eventually wins her over. You know, and she comes from also like just a really abusive household like i was shocked that like the scenes of them having family dinner of like before she meets him like holy shit dude like that's insane and it explains why she's such a like diminutive kind of personality she's just kind of like skulks a lot and just gives in to like the stronger personalities around her she's just used to being dominated basically mm-hmm. um and ryan gosling's just kind of aimless but you know, means well, essentially. And you kind of just see like that. Like, you see how the relationship starts and then as it's dissolving. Um, and you can just see it already. Like, when the movie starts, the relationship's already over. They're both just going through the motions. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that rang so true to this, like, to life and to personal experiences. It's like, yeah, like, even when you realize or maybe you don't realize that it's already been over for a while... It's still just like a shambling corpse of a relationship that you, you're kind of weakened at Bernie's in for a while. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it was just, uh, I would say definitely Stephen said this would be a cathartic experience. I want to say it definitely had that kind of going for it. I'm like, holy shit, you know, to see something like this from the outside mm-hmm. was very fascinating. And it's played really, really well. I think they improvised a lot of it. I wouldn't be surprised. There, there's a scene where they're trying to. Uh, they're trying to do this like last last gasp attempt at trying to maybe rekindle something. Uh, and if, I think Ryan Gosling's character might set it up. I don't remember who does it, but they go to this like super like hole in the wall <laughs> motel. That's got like a heart shaped bed. And like, I think, is it like an aqua kind of theme for the place? Uh, yeah. So they go, to a, they go to a cheesy like sex motel that has themed rooms. And mm-hmm. the one they get is actually uh, sci-fi. Ah, so it's got yeah the aqua color themes that you see are because it's supposed to be outer spacey, <laughs> and it's a rotating bed and it's got like 
literally the same kind of panels that you would see on Star Trek The Next Generation, like as wall decorations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, what? The, the idea of the, like the, again, the last, last gasp kind of, we're going to do just a thing and that's already more than we are doing right now. So maybe this will do something for our relationship. Stay at a hotel. I, I have been there for this one. And that was, that was a, like an all too true portrayal of this. Cause it's just shitty. Yeah. It, you like, you already know, but you're just doing whatever you think could help at that point. <clears throat> and uh, it, as it often tends to happen, that last gesture of like trying to do something actually is like the impetus for the actual final does like de-evolution of it um which sure enough you know like um it leads for him to go to her work drunk and actually like beats up her boss and what? yeah it's just it, it becomes a wow. massive shit show yeah it starts and, sweet they did a good job this this was a good movie for ryan gosling coming off of the recent but not so recent idea of just being the dude from the notebook at this point mm. oh okay Absolutely. Yeah, uh, this definitely showcased some acting skills for him. Um, and Michelle Williams, too, which, I mean, mm-hmm. always was a good actress anyway. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the realistic portrayal of just everything in this movie, because uh, there's some sweet spots. Like you said, yeah, there's genuinely moments of humor um, that happen because, you know, life is shitty. Like, I think what really bugged me about this movie mm-hmm. is how well they portray the mundaneness of just everyday life. You know, of like waking up, making breakfast, going to work, coming back home, not really having anything to do except, you know, eat and go to sleep and do the next day again. And, you know, like just that monotony and how it just drains people. And like this whole situation, um, you know, it was rough. (laughs) This was a rough watch. Um, This was like... Uh, there's an episode of The Office that whenever I'm feeling emotionally constipated and I just need to let it out, um, there's that one famous episode of The Office, I think it was in the final season, where Jim and Pam have a fight. And it was just really unexpected and out of nowhere, but at the same time, it was building up to that point. You just kind of didn't realize it. Um, and it was such an like impactful moment that the show, in a way, kind of broke its own fourth wall. Um yeah, this was like two hours of that. <laughs> this this was like whoa. So like I think I have a new office for when you have emotional uh, diarrhea now. <laughs> basically, yes. <laughs> when you need to go on a for emotional purging of like the most extreme sort. No, this is for like emotional Moctezuma's revenge when it needs to come out a very whole. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah. that image. Full expulsion. <laughs> yes. It, it's it's a good we? movie. I think there there are a few movies or like you know those times when there's an actor who plays a bad guy so well that for the rest of their career you're just like yeah, I just don't like them. I don't like I know he he's not the bad guy, but like I hate him. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's that. So you're, oh, oh, like no, they well, they I'm so per- they, they perfectly <laughs> achieve everything that they're trying to do, even with like like you said like with this the way they shot it. They, they made the sweet parts so sweet. No matter what, even though the rest of that movie is terrible seeing their relationship just dissolve, it's mm-hmm. still a crazy sweet moment earlier on when he sings to her and he's like, no, no, no. I, 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 I sing stupid when I sing. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. And she does the awkward little dance and everything. That is still in, like endlessly sweet. I would never 
not picture that moment by itself, even though it's in the same movie with everything else of their relationship. That was a big mm. part of the trailer, too. The part where she's dancing and he's singing. I mean, that's switch. how they hook you. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know what? The, the happy thoughts. It, <laughs> but it, it also kind of made me think, like, this movie, I feel, like, definitely has equal measures of, like, the bitter with the sweet. So it's really up to the viewer to be like, well, at least they had those happy moments or like, wow, that shit just ended terribly. You know, like it's it's it's, it's what you make of it, basically. You know, like that's how life is going to be. There's going to be good stuff. There's going to be bad stuff. You know, you take the good, you take the bad, you know, that's the life. You have. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, now, John, do you think their relationship would have been saved if a demon sucked them into an hell TV show? <laughs> TV show, <laughs> like in the I, wonderful I, Stay Tuned, we absolutely. had to watch. <laughs> this would have definitely saved because they would have learned to appreciate each other, and they would have learned that you know he was doing the best he could, but his priorities just were not in the right place. All right, so every see everybody just needs that demon to force you to look at your marriage. Austin deals are relationship savers, but but you know relationships built on extreme motion or extreme situations don't last. We we learned yeah. that no, from Speed. We're well, not going to talk about Speed Two that does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the director on this, Derek C in France, didn't we just talk about him like last week or something? Because I remember he he's the director for that uh, Mark Ruffalo show on on HBO mm -hmm. the. You, you, you looked it up then as well. Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, well, I yeah. know we just looked this up. Whoa. <laughs> Dude. Okay, by the way, if you look mm -hmm. up the director, uh, his picture on IMDb, that's what Ryan Gosling looks like in his old age makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so Get you're it. saying that Blue Valentine's a little autobiographical. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, like, it has to be. Uh -huh. it, it seems too personal. But dude, it looks just like him. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so, okay, what, so, what did you watch it on, John? Yeah. Um, I watched it. It was free to watch on Amazon Video, but it had ads. I, hmm. I couldn't figure out if I, I could get it without ads because I pay for Prime. But it wasn't bad. I mean, like each ad was like 30 seconds and there was just a few sprinkled throughout. They did kind of occur at random times. So like something really emotional and intense was happening. And then it was like an ad for Peloton or something. Like what the, like really jarring. Sounds like you're Other watching than it on, that, yes. Sounds like you're watching it on IMDb TV then. Like that's their, uh, maybe that's their commercial uh, branch of stuff. Oh, uh, <laughs> could have been. Yeah. What, I mean, I saw that logo pop up recently. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, did you have another one, John? Or was just Blue Valentine all you, you got around to watching this week? Uh, this is all I'll be talking about for this. Uh, we did also watch uh, for our VHS gems, uh, yep. My Science Project. And you can hear more about that one when that one's released. There you go. Yep. Okay. Wait, 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 what day does, does that come out normally? Thursdays at noon, Arizona time. Soon to be <laughs> Pacific time. <laughs> yeah, Soon to be Pacific time. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Stay tuned, or not stay tuned. VHS Gems, right here on your Geek Elite Media Network, uh, Thursdays. Yes. My week's watch. Uh, first, I want to say that I watched, I got around to watching another, uh, yet another thing that Steven has recommended for this group. 
Uh, I watched <sighs> Lupin on uh, Netflix, the first part. Um, if you love heists, then this is the the show for you. Like, <laughs> I I enjoyed every aspect of this series. The was it six episodes? I think. Yeah, uh, it's so good. It's it's so well written and so well acted, and uh, just the the gentleman thief is such a cool <laughs> idea. And I know it's been around for a while. Uh, I do have to to admit that I got because there's two stories, French stories of uh, gentlemen thieves. There's uh, there's Lupin and there's Fantomas, basically Phantom, the Phantom. And I looked up the difference between the two. They said that Lupin never never hurt or killed anybody, whereas Fantomas does. Like he is okay with killing somebody to get get away with his thing. So it's not so much that he's like that makes me feel like it takes him out of the gentleman thief uh yeah. category, but they still categorize him as gentleman thief. So uh there's that. Guess it depends on who you kill. What, That's true. What is it? Like the Ant Man, no, I was a burglar, not a robber, because I didn't have a gun. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Important distinctions. Important. <laughs> uh, so yes, I would definitely recommend that show. It is, it is, it is really good, and and leaves leaves off on such a big cliffhanger that I'm excited for the second part, which is coming out here in the next couple weeks. So is it? Yeah, part two. I didn't on. know that. Yeah, it sure does. Well. Geek Elite Media posted the trailer for it. They sure so. did. I, I don't get to everything on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't? Jeez. No. I, did, I did see uh, on Twitter, you can find right now currently the trailer for the new season of Infinity. On Twitter. So for people who couldn't understand what he was saying, it's the <laughs> in- Infinity Train book four. Or is it Infinite Train or Infinity Infinity Train? Infinity. Yeah, that's what with I the whack. Infinity Train Book Four on HBO Max. For uh, for 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 Lupin, did you in the beginning of it? Did you immediately enjoy the way that the main character acts, or did it take a second for you to kind of like, oh, okay, okay, and no. kind of adjust to what your expectations would be? No, I didn't. I didn't have any issue with the way that he like. Are you talking about the actors acting or the characters act, like how mm, the character it, acted? The, the transition from both, okay. it felt weird. Like, I felt like there was going to be one more layer than what there was because of some of the ways that he approached things. I think the since the way that it's filmed, especially that first episode, is very much in a Steven Soderbergh way. Like it didn't have, I didn't have a hard time adjusting. I guess is the, mm. way, the way for me to put it. And it, it very much the first episode plays out like a, a an Ocean's Eleven movie, like kind of thing. So. Mm. Uh, I would, I didn't, I really didn't have that much issue to it. Like I did love, I did love the explanation of everything. If that's, if, if that makes sense for those who have seen it and doesn't give away too much for those who haven't seen it. Uh, There's always the class, there's the classic kind of Columbo moment of like, and this is how you did it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, so I, I, and I, and I love that the, it leaves so many questions on, on, who are the major players and what is what it is that they did uh, to get you to the point that you are at at the end of the first part, part one, if that's what you're going to call it. So, uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's available. Uh, and, and part two will be available very sh- shortly. So, 
Did, did you have enjoyed. another one, or is it okay if I ask another question about this one? Oh no, go ahead. I do have more, did, but okay. Um, <laughs> no, did you while watching it? Did you enjoy very? Um, I know not this. I'm, I didn't think about how to word this. I was so caught up in whether or not it seemed like you were going to say another one or not, <laughs> but I didn't think of how to phrase my sentence. Um, was the the way they dubbed it, was it very natural to watch? Because I felt like that was one of the most exceptional things of this one. Yeah, no, I remember you saying that before. And, and yes, it, it does. Even though I can tell that they're speaking a foreign language, they're, they're speaking French, it matches other than maybe... Uh, Omar Sy's voice I know is naturally a little bit deeper than the person they yeah. got to dub him. But other than that, everybody else seemed just about right. Okay. Any other questions? <laughs> uh, I also, on Hulu, they released on Friday, the day that we were recording this, a new documentary. It is a documentary that is shot by... Shot directed by, or not shot, but directed by um, Soleil Moonfry, uh, Punky Brewster, for those who don't know. She oh. has lots of footage she shot as she was growing up. She just, she explains in it that she always had a video camera with her all the time, documenting everything. So this is all about 90s kids, or at least 90s kids who grew up in the lens of the camera because she was friends with everyone all the major teen stars around that time uh there are also very big i don't know about bombshells but big aspects of her life that are before this not known because she also kept all of her voicemails like because they were on tapes <laughs> and she wow. kept all of her diaries and stuff like that and she goes through a lot of it she she goes through she plays back some of the voicemails there's there is a voicemail from Charlie Sheen who calls calls her many times, and there is a big part of her life that involves Charlie Sheen. I don't want to surprise or spoil it for anybody else, so they can go and watch it. But it is uh, there is there's a lot on there, and she's she's friend she was friends with Jonathan Brandis, and they at the end of the movie they go through all the different child stars that either took their lives or died from overdose or whatever. Uh, and mm -hmm. talks about, and she talks about how it affected her, and uh, and and uh, how a lot of her friends have, had had passed because of being famous or just the mm -hmm. pressures of Hollywood. Um, another big part of her life, and this is something that I didn't know that she had de overdeveloped really young at the age of thirteen at puberty, uh, to the point mm -hmm. where oh, she yeah. had like double D's or E's. And like mm -hmm. men in Hollywood were treating her like a grown woman at the age of 13 and she had to have a breast reduction so that she didn't feel like she had grown up way too quick, uh, which is, yeah, which mm -hmm. is scary. Um, yeah, Especially at that point in time for Hollywood. Like, don't get me wrong, that wouldn't oh, yeah. be easy now by any measure, but then I feel like it would be harder in a lot of certain ways. Well, that was happening most recently to Ariel Winter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ariel Winter got a lot of slack for getting her breast reduction not that long ago, and yeah. like people need to realize, like it's not just that. I mean, it, it causes back issues. Like it's yeah. physically hurts. Like it's not okay. <laughs> so yeah, and then she goes through her career because after Punky Brewster, like the roles that she was getting offered were just not 
good roles. Uh, even after her breast reduction, like they were still putting her in cheesy horror movies and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a very cool documentary. It is unfortunate that a lot of the footage is just straight up like, uh, video that she had recorded on tape that is being now converted to digital. So there's a lot of pops. It sounds terrible. You know, it, mm-hmm. the video jumps around a lot, so it's hard to watch. But it is still informative because she even goes back. She has there's Mark Paul Gosler shows up to talk uh, to be interviewed. Um, huh. uh, Brian Austin Green, Stephen Dorff, uh, David Arquette. Like these are all people that would have been around the same age of her as her and been partying with her and. Uh, the lead singer from House of Pain, like she, she <laughs> and him, who? Everlast. Oh, I thought House, House of Pain. Of, yeah, House of Pain. Yeah, yeah, that's Everlast, isn't oh, it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Donnie something. Anyways, she and him, like she explains that they had this weird relationship where they were. They were as close as brother and sister and they were best friends, but like sometimes they would just start making out and like they were like in a relationship, but then they weren't like they would go and meet, meet and date other people. So it was just, it was very different to see the, this window into what most of us don't usually get to see. Like we, all we get to see is the tabloids of, of young teen actors and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. this, this scene, this inside was, I thought was very cool. Uh, Have you, have you seen Exit Through the Gift Shop by any chance? I have not. That's the that, is that the Banksy one or is that the Metallica one? The Banksy, yeah. Banksy, okay. Uh, for Metallica, uh, some kind of monster, I think, is one you're thinking okay, of. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, because that's kind of obviously minus the other life stuff that's in there. The initial pitch of a person who had a camera all the time and happened to cross paths with all the famous people in their field is that's the story of like that. That's the main pitch for the reason that there's so many tapes for exit to the gift shop. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not the Banksy you had all this footage stuff. Um, this, this other random person had all this footage and just crossed paths with everybody and they pulled a documentary out of it. Wow. <laughs> uh, one of her friends in the documentary that uh, she speaks to as an adult is Heather McComb. And it took me a while because I keep, she kept popping up and I couldn't figure out where I knew her from. She is actually the daughter uh, in Stay Tuned. Like, I wanted to bring that up to you guys since oh. you just did that episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So there, there was that. But yes, that is on Hulu. Uh, that is available if you have a Hulu account. Hmm. It is, it's not that long. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. What was it called? It's I don't Kid know if you actually said that. The Kid 90? Just Kid 90. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this is, like, one of the things that I want, it was very weird is because, like, you know, you see those memes all the mm-hmm. time of, like, 80s kids and 90s kids, and I, like, I never know which one I'm supposed to be because I was born in the 80s, but I had my teen <laughs> years in the 90s, so I never know which where I'm supposed to, to pop in at. Like, obviously, like, Slay Moon Fry is, I think, six years older than I am, so... I, I don't know if I'm still the same as her or not. Anyways, uh, because of that, I also went and watched, and this is the last thing I'll talk about. I went and watched the first episode of the new Punky Brewster show on Peacock. Uh, I was wondering where, where that would factor into that because the release of that documentary is happening. Yeah, like I think they have 
three or four episodes on Peacock now of, of the new show. Uh, I only watched the first episode. Um, I think I, I remember watching Punky Brewster when I was a kid and, and enjoying it for what it was. Uh, I had no real desire to go and watch the new show, but because of watching this documentary, I wanted to see how she she does at, at, as at returning to it. And I, I just remember that I really do not like the in front of a live studio studio audience sitcom like motif. It's it's very hard to watch for me. And uh uh but because of that they did in the the first episode with a big reveal that mm-hmm. is something that I always thought was weird about the fir- about the original show. So I'll leave that for everybody else to watch if they hadn't watched it yet. But it's good. I liked I liked Soleil Moon Fry. I liked uh Freddie Prince Jr. The kids the kid the youngest kid actor, the one that that's not Lizzie, the one that they adopt or foster uh, in the episode, because essentially they're repeating the original storyline. Like Punky just shows up at a house and Henry like says, "Hey, what are you doing here, kid?" And she's like, "Well, I'm doing whatever I want. I ran away from my group home." And he fosters her and become and do- eventually adopts her. Like Sherry, Punky's friend from childhood runs a group home for kids and there is a little girl that runs away from the group home all the time and while she is about to get a foster family uh sherry asks punky to watch her for the weekend so that she doesn't run away and uh punky has three kids um a, a biological daughter and two adopted sons uh and freddie prince jr is her ex-husband they just got a divorce right before the show starts uh, but he is also a musician. He's usually on the road, but he is back in town right now because the, the 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 gigs are up or whatever. And yeah, the, you can't do that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she takes in Lizzie. And of course, there's so many similarities between her and Lizzie. And uh, eventually, you know, it's not a big surprise. She's like, "No, you aren't going to go off with this other foster family. We're going to be your foster family." So that's how that that first episode ends. Uh, I would like, not have guessed Punky Brewster would be one of the ones to get brought back around. I honestly, everything has to like everything that they have. <laughs> they own an IP for has to be brought back. There are so many streaming platforms that they need content, and someone out there has a treatment for a rebuttal, reboot, re what readaptation of whatever IP is out there. But we can't, I can't get a new Golden Child. Is it too much to ask? I'm sure someone is working Do on it. You really want one? Yeah, yeah. with Donald Glover. <laughs> he says okay, it. I guess that would work. <laughs> he says it like he's crying for it. Uh, I mean, but I got another Lion King with Donald Glover, and Donald I mean, Glover didn't he, save that at all. He was perfect. He, he was just he was the great. one bright spot in a bad movie. <laughs> yes, and that would be my fear. You know, as long as so. they bring it back with chunky asses, uh, it'll be uh, all right. <laughs> they could still open it that way with the movie. It would be fine. A sequel to a movie called Butt Cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, Punky Brewster is on Peacock. Uh, I don't have any other shows, but I did want to bring up one last thing because uh, I talked about it so much on this show so far. Uh Kim's Convenience announced that they are going to be quitting. Like, they're, it's their last season, the one that is currently Aww. airing on, on Canadian TV and will be the last season that shows up on Netflix coming soon. So, 
the the creators of the show, who I believe are also the creators of the play that it's originally based off of, have are decided they're going to go on to another thing, and like in uh, I guess the show or the the network is like, well, if the creators aren't going to stick around, then we're not going to keep the show going. So yeah. Simu Simu Lu, uh, who's going to be playing Shang Chi, is who plays the the son on Kim's Convenience. Uh, was very disappointed and he went to tweet took to Twitter and he was like this is sad because like I don't my character didn't get to have the the uh, closure of of yeah reconciling with his father and stuff like that which I really thought we were gonna get to and you know oh, there's no. so many people and there's just like he was just like it's it's unfortunate that we're not gonna go further with this like I would have thought that him of everybody been like yeah I got other things going on I can't really be doing this sitcom anymore but no he was very upset about it so that was kind of cool. Did you- in his, his statement in the beginning, I felt like the way that he talked about it and the disappointment that he was expressing in it made it seem to me like it wasn't as cut and dry as what that statement was from the network. Oh, that's, de- Just, that's definitely know. true. That's definitely true. <laughs> what you're it, saying. It seemed odd. Yeah. The, that really long movie finale, right? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that going to be a movie. I feel like not another season, but one of those movies. Could have been. <laughs> I'll do a play. Bring it back around. <laughs> it, it's a really good show. For anyone who likes kind of like comes or feel good random TV stuff, just have one. It's a good one. Give it a try if you haven't yet. Yes. Yeah. It's a, if you're not in Canada, it's available on Netflix. Okay. There it is. There is our week's watch. Everybody got through it. Woo-hoo. We're alive. We did it. We're, hopefully yes. we had a reprieve so that we can start taking in new content next week. <laughs> Ooh, all right. If you uh, if you have an opinion on one of the shows or movies that we talked about, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchapedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Steven, where can people find you online? You can find me all across the internet as some version of Peppermint Gentleman. For Twitter, it's Peppermint Gent for short. Jessica? You can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell me what your favorite X-Men couple is within the entire X-Men soap opera? <laughs> John um, you can find me ugly crying on Twitter at magic bollocks yeah get get on John to start using his what are those things called on the fleets right on on Twitter oh, now the, the stories the stories but they're not called stories oh. they're called something else fleets or yeah, fleets. Something yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. Fleets. so yeah get John to start ugly crying on his fleets just keep bugging him about it <laughs> And Elizabeth, where can people find you? I have to wear mascara. (laughs) (laughs) I'll lend you some. You can find me uh, at Geek Elite Media on our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts (laughs) on our network. (laughs) On our website, geekleetmedia.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash geekleetmedia for material that is only available for our patrons. Then whatever podcatcher you're using, please rate and review us so it helps spread the word of our network. It's very late. <laughs> it, it, it makes a big difference to us. Yes, it does. Do you want to try again? No, I'm okay. I'll edit it. <laughs> but until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to... Geek Geek out. out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.